Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast, Everything Product. We talk about various insights on latest technologies with a product mindset. This is Fanny Vuyuru. I'm a product manager at Intuit. Hello everybody. Uh, this is Sid Saladi. I'm a product manager at Best Buy. In this, uh, we are currently doing a series where we are talking about different crypto concepts and uh, what we are currently doing and what is our perspective about it. In this specific podcast, we are planning to talk about what are the different wallets that we use, what we think about them, and what we recommend to you guys. Sindhu, let me start with a simple question. Like, what are the crypto wallets that you use and what would you recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I've been trying uh, different wallets, but uh, my go-to wallet is Coinbase wallet. And the one which I would recommend is Metamask. Nice. Cool. Let me ask another question to you. Uh, What do you think is a wallet? And why do we need it? Yeah, so when it comes, when the term comes to my mind, right? Wallet is something where you can hold cash, cards, and all of that, right? In the physical world. But in the digital world, it's basically a space where you can uh, have different kinds of uh, currencies, right? And uh, you can check the balance, uh, send money, and receive money, right? So that's the basic functionality of a a digital crypto wallet. What about you? Yeah, so in general, right, let me try to like compare a physical uh, world to a crypto world, right? In general, there is a bank that does all of the transactions, store the transactions. Same way in uh, crypto world, there is a blockchain that does all the transactions, store all the transactions. And then uh, let's say you have some kind of credentials that you use to log into your bank. Same way we have uh, private keys or like API key and API secrets that would help you like access your uh, blockchains. And the third and the most important thing is in order for you to store your credentials, where do you keep it? So in our physical world right now, we just store it in our like password managers or we store it in our um, awesome brains, et cetera. But in order for us to solve that for the crypto world, we use crypto wallets. So yeah, let, let's maybe get into the detail. So, so there are blockchains, right? Blockchains are basically ledgers which has all the details of transactions. And um, there are multiple of blockchains. What your wallet does is it actually stores uh, the public key, private key of what you own. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming so. It's basically a software built to basically store a record of all of these things, and also for you to ability to, to transfer and receive funds, right? Actually, I'll I'll slightly change the definition there, right? So if you think of a wallet, okay it doesn't store anything, honestly, because all the transactions happen on blockchains. So everything is in blockchain, but in order for you to like transfer it to someone, you need to have a key and all of the wallets, right? Generate, I think either a 12 word password or a 24 word password. And you need to like, remember that. And if you have that password, you can, you, you can create a wallet or use that wallet anywhere. You, it doesn't have to be like a, you can, you could have created that with Coinbase wallet, but you could have gone to something else like three years later, just with that passphrase, you can use that wallet anywhere. And that is all the wallet stores. Sure. So it's, it's basically just the primary keys and the private keys, which it, it's storing. And this is, so it's basically the keys you have in the wallet and you can actually 
open that to access your funds yeah right so one other question so when we compare that to our traditional banks right so banks basically help us see money send money receive money right but you have a username account and password to that but wallets are little different where you have a primary key i think that's what your username is i'm assuming right so i uh, i i'll also add, add a little thing right so i was watching a video from crypto casey today i'll add her link also somewhere in the description so she was explaining that uh, you have a mobile app okay so when you are trying to access a bank you have a mobile app that uh, gives you all the required capabilities like to see your balance to send the transactions receive the transactions etc and that's exactly what a wallet is doing so if you're thinking about uh, let's say a coin based wallet and you have credentials and when you once you provide the credentials it gives you a good interface where you can um you can like see your current balance you can send the money receive the money etc but since chase for example let's take chase chase has their own app or let's say uh, bank of america has their own app but for blockchains there is no app and that's what a wallet is doing a wallet is basically a mobile app for different blockchains it's basically a ui for you know doing all of these transactions and you know a facilitator a gateway kind of thing right yep yeah uh, but you know i know that uh, uh, putting money having money opening an account is very straightforward in traditional banks but in crypto world it's not that easy so i was actually trying to see what are the different steps we have to go through to um, you know add add funds to it i guess you know first what you do is you go in and um, create an account right once you create an account you select a username then you uh, select it's a public or private um, uh, wallet and then you have a backup phrase i think i'm most afraid of that phrase where it's a 12 word uh, uh you know password where you have to remember that and it's also not safe to store it in your phone because you know i i cloud could be hacked and this you know this could give people access to your funds so you basically write it somewhere and remember it and the next step is basically it asks you to select all of that so that's also a tedious process where you select all of that stuff and then you create a wallet right so once you're cre- you have create created a wallet you're not done if i have to send money i have to select the wallet which i'm sending and i have to only send it to the same cryptocurrency if i do it to a different chain that will that that also gets lost so there's a lot of risk and also fear that goes through the process and also the process is very lengthy i feel that all of these things somehow should be handled by the software and you know uh, remove that uh, piece where it's uh, you know discouraging people to come into crypto world so what are your thoughts on that yeah i agree it is a uh, few of them are very straightforward the way i understand right so um let's take metamask or like coinbase wallet it takes the initial the very first time it takes time to like set up the account uh making sure your identity is verified that you are funny like giving your your driver's license validating etc but once that is done it's similar to a regular money transfer like they'll give you the qr codes they'll give you the public address you can use the public address to transfer money to sidhu or uh, any of our friends and i think these uh, apps are also improving day by day so one one of the things that i have observed recently right i started using metamask first metamask was comparatively simpler uh, to like set it up and then transfer money etc and they also support different kinds of uh, crypto related assets as well like nfts or anything like that 
where you can use it with like OpenSea or uh, any of the other marketplaces where you can connect it and store all of them. So that way, these guys play a very key role in like storing all of your data at one place. Yeah. So I think that's that's also interesting, right? So uh, I think um, uh, there is a lot of space to improve, but it's a good uh, start for all of these wallets, right? Where, you know, the the things they provide and all of that stuff. But uh, the, also the main reason why I started exploring wallets was, right? So, uh, you know, I have all of uh, my cryptocurrencies in different exchanges and all of that stuff. That's when I, as a research more, right? I got to know that cryptocurrencies basically don't back your currencies with um, uh, something which they have, right? So uh, typically imagine you have like 10 BTC you might not be tied to the 10 BTC that is backed out in the exchange. So there, there could be multiple owners of that coin, but wallets are belonging to you and you are the single owner for that. So I think that that's what, uh, you know, provoked me to start exploring different wallets and see what the use cases are and all of that stuff. Yeah, that is true. Um, I, I think I've seen one of the recent news, right? Where uh, Coinbase changed their legal terms or something like that, the safe if the company goes bankrupt or something happens to the bank, will the customer still continue to have the cryptocurrency? No. If Coinbase goes bankrupt, customers won't have anything. But at the same time, if the customer has done some transactions, let's say through Coinbase, but took all of their uh, cryptos and stored it in a wallet, anything that's in a wallet can never be accessed by anyone. So your cryptocurrency is always safe. It's safe because it is basically inside the blockchain, which can which is tamper proof, right? So, yeah, and also you know, a lot of people say this, right? Like uh, cryptos, like you are owning it, nobody is controlling the money and all of that stuff. But yeah, I understand that. But when you are going through a centralized exchange, that the case might not be true, where you have to maybe select a private wallet which actually have has your funds right so that's also something which people might want to explore as they are looking at different wallets and all of that stuff so also this brings up another question right so there are a lot of different types of wallets right funny so what are the different types of wallets and you know maybe you can get into the details of those things yeah definitely so the primary way we can differentiate the wallets right are hot wallets and cold wallets hot wallets like we are talking about are Coinbase wallet or a MetaMask wallet, which is basically on the web. Like you can have, uh, you can have it installed on your browser, or you can have it installed on your app. I'll quickly show. Uh, I'll quickly show it to you on how I keep it on my browser. Right. So on the right, if you see here, so this is a MetaMask wallet. Mm -hmm. Not opening. Uh, yeah, this is the MetaMask wallet. So as you can see here, I'm currently using Ethereum. This is my account address. So if I want someone to like send or uh, send money to me, I can just give this uh, account and they'll be able to send money to me. Same way, this is my Coinbase wallet. And uh, so, so as you can see here, I have like $10 of uh, Solana, I mean 9.81 of Solana. And if I want to get any of the NFTs or anything, I can see it here. So I have one uh, NFT as well that's being stored. So all of my digital assets can be uh, seen here. And the other type, and the other type uh, that we can see here uh, is the cold wallets. Cold wallets are nothing but like physical wallets. So one of the examples is a ledger. As you can see here, this looks more like a USB, 
but uh, you'll be able to connect this to your laptop and you can store all of your like passphrases and everything within this. And uh, if you want to do any transactions, similar to the interface that we have seen with Coinbase wallet, uh, this also has its own interface, which is basically installed on your MacBook. Let me quickly show that to you as well. So I show you my desktop. So this is the interface for Ledger. So Ledger is also showing me the similar things. It's telling that I have like $9 of, I believe this is uh, Solana as well. Yeah, $9 of Solana. And it also gives you all the required capabilities. Like if you want to buy cryptocurrencies, you can do that. If you want to swap, you can do that. Or if you want to send it to someone, you have capabilities to like scan a QR code or add the public address. Um, similarly, if you want to receive or buy and sell, you can do everything within the same wallet. And if by any chance you lose this, you'll be able to transfer. And the only way is through the passphrase that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So a couple of interesting things here, right? So imagine our current uh, digital wallets, right? Like bank accounts and all of that stuff, or maybe Paytm wallets and payment wallets and all of that stuff. You only have a way to store fiat currencies and some cryptocurrencies, but these wallets enable you to store anything that is digital, right? Like NFTs or your collections, and it could be even your identity and all of that stuff. So it's basically an expansion of a lot of digital things that you can monitor through these wallets. And I'm assuming this, this, these would have a lot of use cases where people can, I can give my private public key to someone and people could come in and look at my NFT collection, right? Something like that. And there, there could be a lot of use cases. That's, that's one observation. Another one is I have never used a hardware wallet before. So how does that work? So do you basically buy cryptocurrency in a, a application and do you basically plug in the hardware and transfer it there or how, how does that work? That is correct. Uh, you can buy uh, here itself. So the interface that I showed you, right, uh, will, will enable you to do that. So even though it's installed on your desktop, it is basically connected to the internet. So all the transactions that you do basically goes to a blockchain. Um, uh, like you were mentioning, right? Coinbase, when you do a transaction in Coinbase, it doesn't go to blockchain. But when you do any transaction within a cold wallet or, or, or in that case, any wallet goes to a blockchain. So it'll let you do any transactions. It'll let you do everything that you do with a hot wallet. But the only difference, it is basically stored. Uh, the passphrase is basically stored and only accessed through a hardware wallet. So if you have to open up that, do we have to connect the hardware wallet? Yes. Okay. So basically this, the UI is just a snapshot of whatever assets you have, but the actual um, uh, pass keys and all of that are stored in hardware wallet. So it could be cold also, right? Where you're removing that, storing it somewhere and uh, you can access it maybe after 10 years or 20,000 and you'll have like maybe <laughs> a million yep. in your account, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, man, that's a really interesting case, right? So this is money which is not, cannot be robbed by something. Uh, people don't have access to it. And also there are governments who are not controlling the monetary policy of the supply and all of that stuff. So uh, I'm assuming, you know, people would want to have more and more of these as, you know, uh, you know, they get better and better. That's correct. Security wise, the cold wallets are much better. Uh, but for ease of use, the hot wallets are the best ones. Like anyone who is a novice customer who are using crypto, and if they want their assets to be safe and secure, you can start with the hot wallet. But once you come to a place where you are like transacting with thousands of dollars, 
and uh, you're not really confident about anything new that's happening in the world, keep it in a cold wallet so that it's safe and secure. No, no hacker can access any of these and then do transactions with your, your crypto that you own. Yeah. So I, I, I remember a book which I was reading. So this is the big Bitcoin billion, billionaires, I think. So, so these are, these people are the founders of um, Gemini. So I think they, they were the initial adopters of Bitcoin and they had a lot of uh, Bitcoin, which they bought like millions, I guess. And, and that's now close to 10 billion worth or something. But w- the way they used to store it is they, you, they stored these keys, I think in eight different locations, uh, just to make sure uh, there is just disaster recovery and all of that stuff. So I think um, that's how, um, you know, people are storing this stuff, right? So it's, it's not safe out there where imagine you write it on a paper and someone finds it, it's easy, easy to access your fund. So make sure you uh, store it in a safe somewhere and, you know, make sure you have a reliable place to store all of this information. Makes sense. Yeah. So funny, one more, one other interesting thing, right? So I think this, this applies to all the people who are tra- transferring funds. I can actually transfer own. So I, at this time, I think it's only feasible to transfer funds from one wallet, each wallet to another wallet, right? There are other ways you can send it through different chains, but that also I'm not sure. So I've, I've tried it multiple times where it says ERC uh, 20 chain or you know it gives you different modes to transfer it and also you're not sure what coin supports what so i think that's also a big problem which people have you know at least the crypto markets have to solve for because as a novice user i'm not sure i i don't want to go through all the all all the process of trying to see where i have to send how i have to send the only thing i want to know is i want to send it to this person and that gets transferred that's correct so uh, let me try to compare that with the fiat world, right? In a fiat world, let's say you're traveling to China right now and let's say you use your credit card. What's happening in the back end? So in the back end, the bank in China is actually taking your credit card, validating that and telling that, okay, Sidhu uh, transacted uh, $50 here and they in turn talk to, let's say Chase in US and then they do a transaction on the back end. Now let's think of blockchains, right? Ethereum is one bank. And then uh, Bitcoin is one bank. Right now, these don't talk to each other. Okay. And if you want to, if you transfer Ethereum to a wallet, which only holds Bitcoin, since these two don't talk to each other, they might not get the currency right. And if they don't have the right uh, security protocols in place, you might lose your cryptocurrency. As that's one of the biggest risks, right? You need to make sure when you're transferring it to a public address, you need to make sure that person has set it up right. Otherwise, the either you're going to lose the money or the other person is going to lose the money. And uh, I'll tell you why this is important. So I was showing you the hardware wallets, right? When you actually use this hardware wallet, this is also a software. Like I was explaining, this is basically the interface that will let you connect to your, your own bank. In this case, let's say Ethereum. So when you connect this, you will be installing the app within this. This uh, funny part is, I, uh, do you know how much space this one has? 64 MB. Oh, really? 64 <laughs> MB is nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing that in a floppy drive for some, some time ago, <laughs> right? So 64 MB, all it let me install was 
uh, I think I just installed Solana and Ethereum. That's it. After that, it said, hey, you don't have any more space to install anything else. I'm like, okay, I spent some $50 in buying this. All you, all you do is like install two apps and nothing beyond that. I think all of these will improve down the line. Yeah, uh, I've also heard about um, um, you know things that happened, right? Like where people hackers sell you hardware wallets, where you you know once you put it and you you plug in and you know connect with your wallet, it basically takes your all of the keys and they hack the money, right? So I think people should be also aware of where they are buying the hardware wallets and is it an authentic place or not and all of that stuff. So there's a lot of scams because anybody could write a, a software which could hack that, right? Get those keys. That's what they have to write, right? That's correct. Yeah, even I heard that as well. Like you need to make sure to buy it from the right uh, websites or the right portals to make sure that you're not getting a software that was tampered by someone else. Yeah, and also another thing which I've seen is, uh, so in my initial days, right, when uh, Coinbase Wallet came in, I basically put in like $100 or something. So I was actually trying to move that to my uh, a different wallet. But the gas fees, basically Ethereum yeah. gas fees is close to $68, right? So I'm literally losing 70% of the value when I move it to a different wallet. I think that's also something which the industry has to solve. Uh, I know that there are a couple of side chains which are doing that, like Polygon. I think um, instead of just Ethereum settling all the transactions, Polygon picks it up, settles it in a different uh, chain and then records it here. So that that's basically making Ethereum much cheaper and cheaper. So uh, yeah, I, I feel that there should, it should be much easier, right? Like there shouldn't be a charge or, you know, maybe a cent or a two cents or three cents or lower charge to transfer that. That's actually a great point. And we should probably do a different podcast on the latest Ethereum merge and uh, Ethereum moving to like, yep. We should we should totally uh, talk talk to that. I, I I'm on the same page with you. Not just the wallets, right? Let's say you're trying to like move uh, from, let's say Gemini to like Coinbase wallet. Everything goes through a blockchain, and the moment it's going through a blockchain, you have the gas fees involved, and the moment you have gas fees involved, you're losing money. I I'm hundred percent on the same page with you. Down the line, all of these should be like much more easier. Even the primary blockchains, right? Like Bitcoin and Ethereum, should make sure to reduce the fee otherwise they are not sustainable yeah i think uh, basically solana actually came in as a competitor to ethereum with a lower gas fees but now ethereum uh, all all these side chains which are helping ethereum be better right so with that i think the the with using polygon the gas fees is down to 10 cents or even less than that like just 1% of the total uh, thing so i think that's an interesting space to be in um, uh, Polygon, where which is actually helping Ethereum scale much better. One yep. one interesting fact, uh, funny. So I was actually reading through this. We'll do another uh, session for the merge and all. But I was reading through a news of the Ethereum merge and all, and um, they were saying that it reduces ninety nine percent of the power consumption. That's huge. Ninety nine percent of the power consumption is reduced. Imagine, uh, you know how much power it was consuming before and now how much is it doing now so yeah. yeah that's the primary difference of like proof of work and proof of stake right proof of work 100 people can try to do the exact same thing but proof of stake instead of those 100 people only one person will be chosen to do that so 99 people they wouldn't even be spending their time to like 
like validate the transactions in the blockchain yeah so uh, also there are other uh, use cases uh, i was um, looking at funny so uh, coinbase right uh, you you can buy exchange stuff and all but there's a lot of fees involved in it so you can actually um, you know have a metamask wallet and go to a decentralized exchange link your uh, stuff you can do do all of the stuff manually and you'll have a very very low fees and the uh, assets stay with you also for staking right you can actually go to a decentralized exchange like uniswap or something and which allows you to stake in different pools so the pools are uh, they are basically facilitating people to come in and pool up and you know stake their stuff right i can join the pools and basically get a higher interest back to my wallet so these are also other use cases which people can look at to uh, instead of depending uh, me putting my funds into gemini or coinbase and them giving me a stake i can get a better return here and also the funds are tied to my account and i own it that's interesting i didn't know that i'll try it out um, and the ui everything is so clunky it took me so much time to do it so uh, like uh, it's not straightforward so i think it will get easy as we you know uh, see more and more players in this market yep absolutely sidu yeah i don't know what else to talk <laughs> i i think we are the, it's it's a it was a really good discussion funny so <laughs> let's see you know i think we can explore more and more concepts right i think uh, crypto is an ocean so uh, the more we explore the more uh, deep we get into and we are also still learning and you know trying to explore different things so yeah it was a really good conversation awesome sidhu looking forward to additional podcasts